Welcome to a one-off episode of the podcast. Tesla held their Investor Day presentation late last night, my time, and it was long, over three hours and super late at night for me. So watching that live, trying to make a note of what was important and what could be summarized on the podcast, and I figured I wouldn't wrap it all into today's regular edition of EV News Daily. So here are my thoughts. This is my interpretations. Some of it's my opinion and some of it is recounting what was said and make of it what you will. I thought I'd put it in its own little podcast in the feed so that you can enjoy this if you're a Tesla fan. This is by no means a Tesla podcast. There are better Tesla podcasts out there that go deep into that company that know stuff I'd never know and I highly recommend them. Uh, But I can give you at least an overview of what happened. Indeed, Tesla did give an overview of their business and future plans. There were no major shocking reveals. There was no finished Tesla Cybertruck, although there was a Cybertruck on display with a slightly more rounded wheel with a simplistic interior. But there was no Model 2 announcement or Model Q, as people have been calling it. There was no budget model car. No shocking reveal. Tesla did unveil their new Master Plan 3. This was really interesting. It was called Investor Day, and it aims for a totally different, renewable economy was their kind of overarching theme, if I may. The CEO, Elon Musk, emphasised the message of abundance and the idea that the planet can be saved without needing to to turn off all of our electrical devices, stressing the need to convert major sectors of the economy to renewable forms of storage, renewable and uh, manufacturing expertise. Tesla estimated the need for 240 terawatt hours of storage, 30 terawatts of new solar and wind, and about $10 trillion to make it all happen. Tesla also shared updates on aspects of the business, like the powertrain development, which will remove the need for rare earths in motor manufacturing eventually. Tesla made efforts to move in-house to avoid depending on suppliers and is using computation in their vehicles to assist with assembly. The company also announced efforts to manage an autonomous fleet and discussed their retail plan in Texas, offering drivers an unlimited overnight car charging tariff at £30 per month, powered by wind energy. And if you do a lot of miles, that would be actually really advantageous for you, if particularly you were, you know, uh, draining the battery down and then recharging your Tesla overnight. Every night you'd be making some savings and driving on clean green energy. In terms of the vehicles, uh, they did announce Cybertruck coming this year. No details, though, on the next-gen platform, the rumoured Model 2, as I say. Uh, on stage, their designer, Franz von Hausholzen, did mention it. He said, yeah, but I, I can't talk about it today. Uh, they did show a chart indicating how much less the total cost of ownership will be for Gen 2 or next-gen vehicles compared to either a, 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 a combustion car like a Corolla or a Model 3. Tesla also talked about their plan to switch to 48 volts in car this year. That shouldn't really be a huge surprise to anybody, um, given that they have been moving away from the lead-acid 12-volt batteries. But it is certainly a move forward in terms of the rest of the car industry. 48 volts rather than 12 volts to, to run everything that the traction battery doesn't. And... Quick sidebar, in case you're new to the podcast and wondering, look, you're sitting on a massive battery. Why don't why doesn't the car run off that? Well, because, you know, a Tesla, actually a Tesla runs pretty low voltage compared to some. But say a pack that is completely empty, absolutely zero, it's still around 300 volts. You can't get a a seat motor that moves your seat backwards and forwards or the, the steering wheel motor that moves it 
out, in and out and up and down that runs on a 300-volt system. They all run on 12 volts because the car industry has been buying these motors and and things for cars on 12 volts forever. So there's less choice on 48-volt systems, but when Tesla move over entirely to a 48-volt switch, then that will reduce the wire size, it can handle more current. Also, uh, Tesla has completed over-the-air software updates for all parts of their car using data from every crash with a Tesla to design the cars to be better in the event of a collision. There's a really interesting thing that they shared. Elon Musk discussed Tesla's plan for the next Gigafactory. As the uh, yesterday's podcast, I mentioned this, uh, that press release uh, that the uh, Mexican president had held, it will be in Mexico. The factory will produce batteries and EVs and also serve the Latin American market. It'll be operational within three years. Vehicles made there will be eligible for $7,500 in federal tax credits offered by the Biden administration's Inflation Reduction Act. Other car makers like Ford, GM and BMW are investing in Mexico as well. Now, Tesla also confirmed the deployment of chargers in the uh, the US that can charge our CCS cars, non-Teslas, and announced uh, that uh, that's now open. And so I watched some videos. I watched uh, Tom Malogny's. Actually, Marquez Brownlee, who has got a bazillion million followers, uh, MKBHD, went to go charge his uh, Rivian, I think it was, and met Tom at the Charger. Go check out uh, MKBHD's video because uh, he talks to Tom and Tom's there with a Ford F-150 and they're making a video together. That's really cool. And overall, the presentation emphasised really um, renewables, the economy, Tesla's progress in engineering and no major shocks. Uh, So that was maybe not the news analysts were hoping for. No announcement on a specific model, but I think the focus on decarbonizing the global economy and ending the use of fossil fuels was one that we should dig a little bit into on this podcast, this special edition podcast. Um, today, Elon Musk laid out an ambitious plan for global decarbonization, emphasizing the role that batteries and EVs will play in making the transition. Many experts have emphasized the challenges involved in moving away from fossil fuels, but Elon Musk chose to be optimistic, arguing the cost of the transition is ultimately lower than the cost of continuing to rely on fossil fuels. And this is one of the things that I talk about on the regular podcast quite a lot. Economics wins nine times out of 10. Like Sometimes you'll buy a car uh, because, you know, it's a it's a toy at the weekend and you've got enough money to have you know, four or five cars in the driveway and you can do some things and people do things with their heart, not their head. But nine times out of 10, it, economics wins. And if it's cheaper to drive with, uh, you know, electricity made with solar and wind, then people will. And you can be as wedded to fossil fuels as you like. People just won't pay more money for fossil fuels if green energy is cheaper. Tesla's reputation for innovation was a big focus, I thought, watching it. It was an underlying strand all the way through, so I can't really pick out specific moments. Um, But also the executives and the engineers they brought up on stage were all sharing information about the vehicles, the reinvention, the assembly, the engineering, how they can make vehicles at a higher volume than their competitors, and the strong brand loyalty uh, that positions the company really well in the race for electrification. Elon Musk also shared his belief about the clear path to be fully sustainable with abundance. And that's really important. He argued that you don't actually have to turn off all your devices to get there. That civilization 
a, a civilization much bigger than 8 billion humans could be supported with clean, green energy. And to achieve it, though, we need storage. And his suggestion was battery storage. He believes our current energy economy is sturdy but wasteful, with 80% of global energy coming from fossil fuels. Only one third of the energy delivers anything useful. In other words, heat, work, etc. And it results in waste. That waste is normally waste heat, which does no good at all. Elon Musk argued that the solution to creating a sustainable Earth is to electrify everything. Electrification enables efficiency that would halve the total energy used by the planet. And Mr. Musk and the team uh, said that they were conservative in their assumptions and believed it could be uh, better than half. The electrification would require less mining than our current economy. And land use for wind and solar would be less than 0.2% of land area on Earth. Elon Musk's plan to achieve the sustainable Earth vision included five areas of work. One of them, the first one, is to repower the existing grid with renewables. That's already occurring in many parts of the world. Some parts, like Norway, for instance, with hydro, is very advanced. And the US is maybe a little behind some other countries. China certainly building a lot of new coal-powered electricity stations. Um, 60% of the generation added to the US grid was solar last year, they mentioned. The second area of work is to switch to EVs. The overall production of EVs grew 59% uh, in 2022. And Mr. Musk believed that as the energy density of batteries improved, all transportation would go to electric, he mentioned, except rockets. But that's okay, because we still ride horses. We just don't take them to work. The third area was to switch homes, businesses and industry to heat pumps for heating. This is really interesting because many countries have had heat pumps for many years. I made a video on it recently and my Nordic listeners laughed and my and said, look, we've had heat pumps here forever. It's not a really big deal, but it is a big deal for the UK. And we live off natural gas here in the UK. We have North Sea gas. We had our own gas. Um, we discovered our own gas and we just fell in love with it. And my heating, my gas central heating, uh, heats the water in our radiators. And there's no reason why I couldn't get a heat pump, apart from the fact that, well, Octopus came round last year. We were one of the first ones that they did a survey. A few couple of radiators to be replaced, no big deal. But it was like £12,000. And that's fine, but we don't have £12,000 that we can just pull out of our backsides. Okay, so we could, you know, we could find ways, if we wanted to, if the gas boiler went to get there. But if the gas boiler goes, it would be a third of that. A quarter, probably, because our rads are fine. The, you know, everything's fine. We've got a brand new immersion tank because the solar thermal. So it would just be a boiler replacement. I don't know what's that, two grand. So it's at the minute, it's an economic argument. Like I say, economics wins. I'm, I would love a heat pump, but economics often wins. Heat pumps meet 10% of building heating needs uh, currently, but the install rates are growing. And Mr. Musk believed it needs to accelerate the fourth area of work was high-temperature heat delivery and storage for industrial and chemical processes, a bit of green hydrogen for chemical processes that need that, as long as the hydrogen is made from excess renewables. And the fifth area of work was sustainably fuel planes and boats. Elon Musk said he believes that this plan would require 240 terawatt hours of battery energy storage with an estimated manufacturing investment of $10 trillion across mining, refining battery factories, recycling vehicle factories and other things needed to build a sustainable economy. And if that sounds a huge amount of money, because $10 trillion is spread out over 10 years, it's less than 1% of the global economy. 
Elon Musk believed that the key to creating a sustainable Earth is that electrification enables an end-use efficiency that means we use half the energy we're using right now. Industry is a big part of it, and he mentioned that over 50% of industrial heat is greater than 400 degrees Celsius, over half of industrial heat. Uh, Cement, steel, fertilisers, chemicals, plastics, metals requiring up to 1,500 degrees C. And the solution means purpose-built equipment that enables electrification. And then on the subject of planes and boats, shipping accounts for 3% of global CO2 and even long-haul ships can be fully battery-powered with lithium-ion phosphate. However, long-range aircraft and shipping require redesigning those vehicles to optimise it for battery use. Okay, I've got a few more notes I want to get to about things like recycling and some of the technology Tesla will be using in the future. So hang on there. Uh, We'll take a quick break and uh, just a couple more minutes uh, as I continue my thoughts on Tesla's Invest Today. By the way, if you like this podcast and you'd like it ad-free, you can have it ad-free if you support us via the Patreon website, p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash evnewsdaily as an individual or even through your business because you want to get a mention on the air. And uh, you can do that and get your own unique link to download the shows and get them ad-free. Okay, on the subject of recycling, recycling batteries would ultimately reduce the amount of iron ore and any ore required with the maintenance amount of ore being an order of magnitude uh, less. Okay, so that's that phrase coming out already. Tick your bingo cards. Um, Tesla was working on making constraints a part of the solution. Uh, Elon Musk emphasized the company has a track record of delivering the best cars despite being constrained with the next generation vehicle set to further reduce costs by as much as 50 percent the recent battery day event shed light on the company's plans to transition to a sustainable energy economy Uh, the event showcased how tesla plans to reduce the cost of producing evs and improve their affordability enabling exponential growth in volume that 20 million number by 2030 20 million cars a year by 2030, coming from one of their global Tesla factories. And they said their focus on cost reduction and innovation to drive efficiency improvements was the central theme throughout. Uh, And I would, you know, I would agree watching this, that that was, it wasn't a a product showcase. This was very much about their, their vision. Some people felt it was light on detail. In a way, I thought this was a little bit of uh, redemption in some people's eyes because Elon Musk has been a bit wild on Twitter lately in terms of his political comments, in terms of uh, the, uh, the the type of posts that he uses on social media. And I think some people who I, you know, I know that, that either treated him like some sort of genius or, or at least admired him have had now a negative opinion of him and thinks a crazy kind of billionaire uh, guy who's just sort of spouting off. But I think if you were paying attention to this, uh, his language was different. His body language was different. I think he was uh, very much appealing to those people who perhaps, like me, became interested in Tesla right at the very beginning with that mission and and, and bought into that. And uh, this is an investor day, so it was probably quite well calculated. But still, I thought... I thought it was a nice Elon Musk on stage. And I don't, by the way, I don't always like the public persona of Elon Musk, the way that he behaves, or the way that he treats other people as well, by the way, because he's very influential and looked up by a lot of people, a lot of children, um, admire um, someone like that as well. I don't always think he has the best, sets the best example, but I thought this was this was a nice Elon Musk. Nice is a good, a good word to use. As you come across as nice uh, on stage. 
He doesn't always appear like a very nice person, uh, how I read anyway some of his public persona um, tweets. One area of focus was the production of batteries, a key cost driver for EVs. Their plan to, re- to produce their own batteries, reducing the cost by 56% with their own battery design of a tabless electrode, increasing energy density by five times and reducing the cost of manufacturing by 14%. They talked about their plans to improve uh, the industrial processes of things they use. For instant carbon graphite, uh, which is stable up to 2,800 degrees Celsius, and other materials like silicon carbide, but are more expensive and therefore redesigning the components in their vehicles uh, to do more with less. Another area of focus was the total cost of ownership, which includes financing, insurance, power, wear and tear, maintenance. Uh, The base Model 3 already has a lower cost per mile than a Toyota Corolla, the world's biggest selling car. They talked about reducing operating expenses, including sales and general administrative uh, costs, which are up to 70% lower per car delivered than some in the traditional auto industry. Uh, This event showcased Tesla's plans to optimise production efficiency by reducing the factory footprints and increasing the density of the operators in terms of how they make the vehicle so that more people can work on a vehicle at one time rather than having a whole car down the production line that can have five people around it. Why don't you have bits of cars with five people around each bit and then you put them together? Uh, More work being done on the car at the same time. Tesla aims to reduce the cost of their next-gen vehicle by 50% compared to a Model 3. This dem- event, I think, demonstrated their continued commitment to innovation, to cost reduction, to sustainability, and for all of that to be accessible to everyday consumers like you and I. The focus on reducing costs throughout the supply chain and improving efficiency to enable their growth in volume and make a sustainable energy economy within, truly within reach. I think this event would have passed over many people's heads because they would have tuned in to either the mainstream media or EV blogs um, and possibly even EV podcasts uh, and and been waiting for the big announcement. And there really wasn't. And I've read some coverage afterwards where I think people were let down, almost an anticlimax. I think the opposite. I think this was a really interesting event where they let many of their engineers, apart from the likes of Mr. Musk and uh, their uh, other senior figures like Franz von Halshausen, their designer, and Andrew Baglino, uh, but many of the other names, some of which are well-known within the Tesla community and some others who you may not know, their time on stage to talk about the work they do there and the difference they think they're making. That's my summary. That's what I thought of it. If you watched it as well, I'd love to know what you thought, uh, whether you think I picked out the, the key details and whether you read it the same way as I did it. Would be okay to agree or disagree? Uh, you can email hello at evnewsdaily.com. That is hello at evnewsdaily.com. Hope you enjoyed this special edition of the podcast. We can always do more like this if you don't mind listening to a uh, silly old git like me ranting on for 20 minutes. But, uh, you know, let me know either way and uh, when there's a need to do it and keep it away from the regular news episodes. Hey, thanks for listening. See you on the next one. And remember, there's no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.